welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Hey, if you were here last week, uh, there was a message that I talked about, about our hearts. And I asked you a question and I said, um, a question that I had grown up hearing quite often was, how is your heart? How are things inside of your heart? And I actually had a different portion of scripture when I was preparing for last week. There was something else I was trying to get to, but I realize now that the Lord was setting it up. So we talked about last week first, and today we're going to talk about what I was trying to get to initially. Isn't that the way the Lord works sometimes? It's just an ambulance. We have like a thousand a day or a fire truck or so. I mean, everybody's like, what is, what is that? This strange sound I've never heard before. Um, and isn't it interesting how the Lord works things because he wants to prepare our hearts first to receive what it is he wants to say to us. So last week we talked about how is your heart. We looked in Proverbs chapter 4 and it said above everything else guard your heart because it directs your life. And we talked about how you need to look in your heart, how you need to ask yourself how is my heart, how you need to ask other people in your life how is your heart? How are things inside of you? And we looked in Matthew chapter 12 about Jesus and he said that, that it's important to know what's in your heart because out of your heart, the abundance of the mouth speaks. So what's inside of you comes out. This is, this is what we talked about last week. And I said this to you, that it's important for you to know what's in your heart because your words direct your life. And your words that are inside of you, that come out of you, they frame your world around you. The things that you begin to talk about, the things that you begin to say, frame the world that you have. And so we talked about the importance of words. We talked about the importance of your heart and guarding your heart and making sure that there was the things that God wants inside of your heart in there as opposed to those things that we desire to have in there ourselves. We want to have hearts after God. And we ended up talking a little bit about the psalmist. The very end, I mentioned this. There's a psalm that says, Create in me a clean heart. Do you remember that? I got a word today that the Lord wants to share with us. And I believe that it's a word of, of um, it's a, a word of restoration for maybe some people. It's a word of maybe you have felt barren in your life. Maybe things in your life have not looked the way that you wanted them to. Or you've been hoping for something for a long, long, long time and it hasn't come to pass and you're at that place of desperation now. Well, I've got a word today that the Lord wants to bring because he's wanting to say some things prophetically to us where what was no longer is. And the things that we were dealing with, the things that we, were, we thought we were bearing in, God is bringing back to life. So go with me, if you would, to the, to the book of 1 Samuel. We're going to start off in chapter 1. And we're going to spend most of our time in these few verses this morning. Does anybody need to hear from the Lord this morning? Does anybody say, in my life, I need to hear from God. I need a word from God because things just don't look the way that I hoped or thought they would at this point in my life. And I need the Lord to say something. That's good because when you're at that place, let me tell you, the Lord wants to talk to you. The Lord's trying to speak to you, to reveal some things to you, to show you things about your future, to give you a hope. So let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 1. This is the story of Hannah. And the message title today is The Tears of Hannah. 
This is what we're going to talk about. Verse 1 says, There was a man named Elkanah who lived in Ramah in the region of something. Zuf. Let's call it Zuf. In the hill country of Ephraim. He was the son of Jehoram, son of Elihu, son of Tohu, son of Zuf, of Ephraim. Elkanah had two wives, Hannah and Panina is her name. I looked it up to see the right pronunciation. Panina had children, but Hannah did not. In each year in verse 3, Elkanah would travel to Shiloh to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of heaven's armies at the tabernacle. Can we just stop there? And if you make notes in your Bible or if you highlight things, I'd like you to highlight that phrase. You might have a different translation. It might say something else. But uh, Shiloh is where the Ark of the Covenant was, the presence of the Lord that the Israelites had carried around through the desert. And when it says here in the New Living Translation, the Lord of Heaven's armies, it is actually Yahweh Saboet. And it, is, it means this, the God of the universe ruler of the armies of heaven the god of the universe ruler of the armies of heaven and i just want to stop for a second and i want to remind you who god is in your life you know he's not little lowercase g he is big g he is the god of all gods he is the king of all kings he is the name above every other name and he is there is nothing that is bigger than him that he can't fix or take care of. When you run into things in your life, there ain't nothing that stumps him. He is the God of the universe, the ruler of the armies of heaven. And so when you are dealing with things in your life and you are praying and saying, Lord, I need your help. God, I need you to work in my life. I need you to work in my mind, in my body, in my emotions, in my finances, in my relationships. God, I need you to work in my kids because I don't know what's going on, but they're crazy i'm great my kids are nuts god can you work in their life my kids aren't nuts that's just a crazy metaphor okay but when you are praying and saying those things i want to remind you who you are talking to do you remember who you're talking to yes, yes. the god of the universe and so he would go to shiloh and sacrifice to God there. And the priests of the Lord at that time were two sons of Eli, Hopni and Phinehas, and these boys were not good boys. And we're not gonna get into that today. That's farther on in this chapter, but they were not great men. On the day Elkanah presented his sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to Penina and each of her kids. And though he loved Hannah, he would give her only one choice portion because the Lord had given her no, ch no children. Now, in some of your translations, that might say he gave her a double portion. What it's saying here is they would go and they would sacrifice, and then they would take this meat that was sacrificed, and then Elkanah, Elkanah would distribute the meat to his wife and then the kids. And she would, he would be able to give a portion to, to Elkanah, would give some to, what was her name? Panina. He'd give some to her, and because she had kids, he could give her more. But because um, Hannah didn't have any kids, he could only give her so much. But the Bible says that he would give her a choice portion or a double portion, even though she had no kids. He loved her so much, and he would give her this great piece of meat and said, here, this is for you. And it says this in verse 6, Panina would taunt Hannah, and make fun of her because the Lord had kept her from having children. Year after year, it was the same. 
Panina would uh, taunt Hannah as they went to the tabernacle. And each time, Hannah would be reduced to tears and would not even eat. I want to stop here for a second. This isn't something that lasted a week or a month or three months. It says here in this passage of Scripture that this took place year after year, year after year. And in these days, if you couldn't have a child, it was a great, um, it was a great shame. It was like there was something wrong with you, and it was a sign that the Lord wasn't with you. He wasn't working in your life. And so uh, Hannah had this great burden and shame that she was carrying that she couldn't fulfill uh, a role and a, a thing that she was supposed to do. And so it says year after year, this took place in her life, and it got to the place that Panina would taunt her and make fun of her and tease her and make her feel bad about herself. And then it says it got to the place where she felt so bad about who she was and what she could not do for her family that she would not even eat. Proverbs chapter 13 tells us this. It says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. I don't know about you here, but I feel like there's some people in this place this morning that they have had hope deferred year after year after year. And there's been things in your life and things in your heart, desires of your heart that you've wanted to see come to pass. And those things aren't coming to pass. They're not coming to pass and you don't know why. And maybe people have said things to you and made you feel bad about those things, those dreams, those visions. And you're at a place now where the hope in your heart has been deferred for so long that it's beginning to make you sick, that it's beginning to make you say, I just can't go on anymore. I can't do this any longer. This was my dream. This was my hope. This was what I saw for my future. This is what I saw for my marriage. This is what I saw for my finances or for my kids, or this is not what I saw in my body. But now my hope has been deferred so long that I can't even go on. And I want to tell you something. If you look at the phrase just above here, in verse 6, at the end of verse 6, it said, Panina would taunt Hannah and make fun of her because the Lord had kept her from having children. And as I was reading this, this is what the Lord said to me. The first thought I had was appointed time. He said, there's an appointed time. And so when there's an appointed time, it means there is a set defined time for something. And in fact, if you look in the King James translation, oh my gosh, there's that sound again. What is it? If you look in the King James translation, the phrase appointed time is in the Bible 48 times. And it's almost like the Lord works in appointed times and there are set times for things to happen. But what happens in our life is in our own ideas, in our own purposes, in our own dreams and visions, we decide to get ahead of the Lord's appointed time. And when God doesn't work and move in our timeline and in our schedule, we begin to lose hope and get to lose that hope and it gets deferred and we become sick. But God is saying to some of us today that I have set things in your life, in your family, in your relationships, in your world, in your sphere. I have set them for an appointed time. And he says what you thought was barren and was no longer alive and could no longer thrive and do what it's called to do. I have set for an appointed time. Are you hearing what the Lord is saying? Are you allowing it to go into your heart and find a home 
and begin to grow and bring forward life. Let's keep going. Well, actually, I want to read a scripture to you to back that up. Who's got a Bible today? Okay, great. Turn your Bibles to Habakkuk. Or if you're British, you may say Habakkuk. That's for you, Andy. Habakkuk chapter 2. Jesus. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 3, is a very familiar portion of Scripture. But this is what the Lord is saying to some of us today. He's saying to you today, the vision, the hope, the dreams that you have for your life, that you thought were dead, that you thought were no more, that you thought were buried and long gone, is for a future time or an appointed time an appointed time that the Lord has set in your life, an appointed time that he knows the day and the time and the hour, the appointed time when he's got purposes and plans to fulfill what he wants to do in your life, not your purposes and plans. It says the vision is for a future time, an appointed time. It described the end and it will be fulfilled. Not it might be fulfilled, not it could be fulfilled. It says here, it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. Guys, God is wanting to work in your life. Those things in your life that you desire to see come to pass are going to come to pass if you wait and trust in the Lord. It's an appointed time. And let me tell you this, God's timing is way better even on your very, 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 very best day of planning and forethought. God's timing is way better than what you got planned. So put your hope, put your trust in Jesus. Wait and see what he's gonna do because those things that were dead are coming back to life. The Deferred hope that you had is coming back to life and you need to trust in Jesus and watch and see what he's going to do. Amen? All right, so let's keep going just a little bit longer here. It says, <clears throat> at the end of verse 7 we were in, it says, each time, each time Panina would taunt her, she'd be reduced to tears and wouldn't even eat. And in verse 8 says, why are you crying, Hannah? Elkanah would ask, why aren't you eating? Why be downhearted just because you have no kids? You have me, and isn't that better than having 10 sons? What a husband. What an encourager. You've got me. Who needs kids? You've got me. One time, in verse 9, after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to pray. One time, after years of desperation and after years of things not going the way that she thought they should go or turning out the way they should turn out, one time after years of being teased and taunted and made fun of by Panina because she couldn't have a kid, one time after a meal, she says, that's it. And what does she do? She gets up and goes to pray. I want to tell you today, 
When you find yourself in these times of life, when you find yourself in barren seasons, you don't need to get up and go complain about it. You don't need to get up and go post on social media about it. You don't need to create a video for TikTok about it. You don't need to do any of those things. You need to get together your girls or your guys and go have a complaining session. And let me tell you about how bad my life is and how God's not working in my life. What you need to do is get up and go and pray. Get up and go to the house of God and pray. And while we're talking about it, let me remind you this. You gotta read your Bible. You got to read your Bible. You got to read your Bible so you know what God says. You know what God thinks about. You know what God's thoughts towards you are so that you know what he says in this thing is true for your life. And when you go and pray and you talk to him, you got some stuff on the inside of you that you can say, this is what you said. This is what you said about me. This is what your word says. Am I alone in this place this morning? Come on now. Hannah got up to go and pray. And Eli the priest was sitting at his customary place beside the entrance of the tabernacle. And Hannah was in deep anguish and crying bitterly. And as she prayed to the Lord, she made this vow. She said, oh, oh Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you and he will be yours for an entire lifetime. And as a sign that he has been dedicated to you, his hair will never be cut just like Samson. Let me ask you this. Here's a thought. Are you so desperate to see God move in your life, to see those things come back that you had dreams for, that you had hopes for, that you had visions about? Are you so desperate that you would offer those things up to the Lord? Because that's what she just did. What was she after? She was after a son. She was after a son. This was her dream. This was her desire. This was her passion. I'm barren. I need to have a son. I need to have a family. I need to carry on the family name. I need to do this. It's who I am. But she said, God, if you will give me this to me, if you will give this thing to me in my life, I'll turn around and I'll give it right back to you. I'll give it right back to you. I'll give this boy back to you and he will be yours his entire lifetime. Will you sacrifice that to God, which you desire most? Or do you want God just to bless you? Do you want God just to give you the things that you want? It's a thought to ponder. As she was praying in verse 12, Eli watches her and seeing her lips move, but hearing no sound, he thought she'd been drinking. He said, do you have to come here drunk? Get rid of your wine. Throw away your wine. She says, oh no, sir. I haven't been drinking wine or anything even stronger, but I am very discouraged and I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. I'm very discouraged and I'm pouring out my heart to the Lord. I'm in the temple and I'm so discouraged and I'm so distraught and I'm so hopeless and I'm almost despondent about what's taking place in my life that where do I find myself? In the house of the Lord, pouring out my heart to him. In my anguish and in my hurt and in my pain, where do I run to? I run to the feet of Jesus. See, Last week we talked about what's in your heart. How is your heart? And that's an important question because when things don't go your way, the way that you desire them to go, where do you run to? Where do you find yourself? See, in Hannah's life, 
in her moments of distress when she had come to the end of her rope and she could go no further and nothing was moving the way that she wanted to move and nothing looked like she thought it was should look or that it was going to look like. Where does she go to? She runs to the Lord and she begins out of the abundance of her heart to cry out in deep anguish. Where does your heart drive you? Where do the things inside of you, where do they push you to? Where do they take you to? Do they take you to the presence of God? Or do they, tend, do they send you off on a big complaining session? Do they send you off on a Facebook rant? Do they send you off to go talk to everybody you encounter and tell them how terrible your life is? Where do the things inside of you push you to? Because I'll tell you, the place where you'll find your answers, the place where you'll find clarity, the place where you'll gain understanding, the place where the barren will come back to life is only found in his presence she says I haven't been drinking I haven't had wine or anything even stronger she said but in my anguish and in my despair I've been pouring out my heart to the Lord don't think that I'm a wicked woman for I have been praying out of great anguish and sorrow what is in your heart what is it in your heart and where is it driving you to where is it sending you is it sending you to the feet of Jesus or is it sending you off somewhere else verse 17 he says oh well in that case go in peace may the God of Israel grant the request you've asked of him she says oh thank you then she went back and began to eat again, and she was no longer sad. The entire family got up early the next morning, went to worship the Lord once more. Then they returned home to Ramah, where Elkanah slept with Hannah. The Lord remembered her plea, and in due time, she gave birth to a son. And she named him Samuel, for she said, I asked the Lord for him. It's a very simple message this morning. It's a very simple word this morning. But I feel like the Lord, what he is saying to some of us in this place today is that you thought you were barren. You thought those things were dead and gone. You thought those dreams that you had were never, ever, ever gonna come to pass. That was then, they will never be again. But God is saying, don't you worry. Don't you worry about it. You trust in me. Those things are for an appointed time. And when you run to my feet and you pour out your heart in sorrow and anguish at his feet and come to him, 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, what does it say? It says, if my people who are called by my name will do what? Will humble themselves and pray, then God will do what? He will hear from heaven. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, God will hear from heaven and he will work and move on your behalf. God is saying today in this place that what you thought was dead, that what you thought was barren, that what you thought was gone and no longer possible, God is saying, I'm bringing those things back to life. Bring them to my feet. Bring them into my presence. Come and find me. Get low in front of me. Humble yourself. Pour out your anguish. Pour out your sorrow. Pour out your hurts and your pains. Tell me about it and watch and see what I will do because it only comes when you go into his presence and you put those things before him and lay them down on the altar. Like Hannah said, I will give this to you. If you will only give me a son, if you will work in my life, I will sacrifice 
sacrifice this to you, my hope and my dream, like Abraham and Isaac. Remember when God said to Abraham, give me your only son, the son of the promise, the son that you have been waiting for all these years, the thing that I said I'm gonna work and move and bless you through, and I said you're gonna be a father of many nations. How many times has God said something to you and you said, God, you said this, and he says, okay, I wanna do it this way now. And you had it all planned out in your mind and you put together a timeline and seven action steps and you involved all the people that you thought you needed to involve. And God says, actually, 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 that's not the way I wanna do this. That's a great plan. I'm so proud of you. Your flow chart looks amazing and you use great color coordination. And I'm so happy for you, but that's not how I wanna work in your life. I've got a plan for your life and it's set on my time schedule, not on your time schedule. And you need to put your hope and your trust in me because I'm about to work in your life better than you ever thought or imagined anybody could. Your plan was, meh, it was okay. But my plan is, as Pastor Blake likes to say, it's top drawer, it's next level, it's top shelf. We're going to the next level. And all you gotta do is put your trust in me. Don't put your plan on me, God says. Don't make me fit into your box. God says, I wanna show you my plan for your life. That's a word. Here's what I wanna do in our last few minutes. If you're in a place in your life where you're like Hannah, where those dreams and you've got shame and you're carrying around hurts and all these things, all these dreams, all these plans, all these desires for your life didn't come to pass or they don't look like they're coming to pass. If that's you today, I want you to stand up with me because we're gonna to pray together. And God wants to show you some appointed times in your life. God begins, wants to begin to reveal to you that, that this isn't just you, but I got plans and purposes that I'm working for. I know there's more people than that. Listen, you, know, you don't need to be ashamed. You need to stand up because God wants to work in your life. And it says in 2 Chronicles 7, listen, you don't humble yourself and pray. Humble yourself and pray because God is about to move in your life and God wants to work in your life and God wants to show himself strong and true in your life so that you have a moment in your life. Listen, don't you imagine that anytime Hannah ever questioned anything about the Lord again, that she could go and look back and say, yeah, but there was that one time when I couldn't have a kid for years and years and years and this dream was dead for years and years years and years and I went to the Lord and I humbled myself and I poured out myself and I cried before him and he answered my prayer and so no matter what I got to deal with down the road or in the future I know that God will work and move in my life like he has before because if he did it then he'd do it again if he did it then he can do it again we all need those moments in our life where we can say yeah but yeah, but, yeah, but, there was that time. Yeah, but, God did this. And I thought it was dead, and I'll tell you what, in my own mind and in my own eyes, there was no coming back from that thing. But then the Lord showed up. Thanks so much for joining us today. 
We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.